0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to my first audio exclusive review here on the Dan Merle Podcast channel. And this week, we're going to be talking about The Last Duel, the latest film from director Ridley Scott and the much-anticipated re-team-up of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, not just on screen, but also off screen. They co-wrote this screenplay together, their first writing effort since they won the Oscar for Good Will Hunting. They're also joined on the screenplay by Nicole Center, who is an Oscar nominee for the film Can You Ever Forget? Me. Matt Damon stars as a French knight named Sir John who befriends and then feuds with a squire named Jacques Legree, who is played by Adam Driver. Legree is awarded land and a title promised to Sir John by Lord Pierre, who is played by Ben Affleck, and then Legree is accused by Sir John's wife Marguerite, who is played by Jodie Comer, of raping her. Desperate for justice, Sir Jean challenges the Gris to a duel, which was the last officially recognized duel in the history of France. If you've seen Game of Thrones, you know trial by combat. It's the same basic idea here, and this is based on actual historical fact. The idea was that the winner of this duel would be the righteous party in the eyes of God. The loser of the duel would obviously die in the duel, and then Marguerite was set to be burned at the stake if her husband had lost this duel. So the stakes are very high, no pun intended. This movie's based on a 2004 book of the same name by Eric Yeager, and it's told from three points of view. Uh, we get Sergeant's point of view, we get Legree's point of view, and then we get Marguerite's point of view. And it's an interesting structure that's worked before. We've seen it uh, most notably in Kurosawa's Rashomon, and that's a movie that this one has drawn a lot of comparisons to. But here, I think it really undercuts the narrative drive of the film. And I think part of it may be that there's not enough variance in these events to justify looping back twice to revisit what we've already seen. Uh, These are very subtle moments, and I think the subtlety of these moments could have been played out once uh, and then perhaps appreciated if you were going to go back and watch this film again the last duel feels every bit of its two and a half hour length and it's a length that i think could have been justified had the movie teased out its story just a little bit better but there's also no suspense in who's telling the truth because the film outright tells you who it is before we even get to the climax of the film and i understand why this choice was made because the topic of women publicly accusing powerful men of heinous violations has gotten a justified spotlight here in the last few years, but it seems like The Last Duel wants to shy away from any ambiguity even approaching the third act of the film, as if to sidestep some potential controversy if it were deemed that the movie was endorsing the concept of a false accusation. But I think there are plenty of ways around that that could have been done by altering the structure of the film to delay the reveal of the true story, uh, maybe even choosing to do it at a, at a crucial point during the climactic duel itself, or by actually engaging with this topic instead of sidestepping it altogether. Historically, it's never been firmly established who is telling the truth, although the historical record does seem to indicate it is Fairly accurate to what the movie tells us. But when we're looking at a storytelling beat here, uh, you want to make your film compelling. And I think that by basically revealing the end of the mystery before you even get to the point where the suspense of the reveal uh, would be worth it, then you're undercutting your storytelling and that's what I mean when I say that it wants to embrace a cultural issue without engaging with it I think that if you left it ambiguous for a little bit longer yes it might be uncomfortable for the audience to consider the fact that this could be uh, potentially a false accusation but at the same time you're building suspense in the story and I think if you had saved the reveal for perhaps even leading up to the climactic moment of the duel does the person who's on uh, the losing side of the duel deserve what's happening to them them. If you hold that reveal, uh, you're gonna build suspense. The way that it, it's held now, I didn't really have a lot of suspense in that final fight because you already know uh, who the good guy and who the bad guy is. Uh, and, and it does feel like you're trying to sort of cast a, a, a little bit of uh, a ambiguity onto that in other parts of the film. It just really was a bit of a a muddled message and a muddled execution for me and I think that's what really holds this movie back from being a lot better. However, The Last Duel is saved by its performances. Jodie Comer is a standout. And 2021 has really been a delayed revelation that she has completed the jump from the small screen, killing Eve, obviously a big part for her, to the big screen. Uh, Her turn as Marguerite displays the confidence and subtlety that I think the rest of the film lacks. Marguerite is a woman who is trapped by the mores of her society. She only wants to be heard Uh, And she just keeps running into a brick wall at every turn, and there's a great scene where she informs her husband, Serjan, of Legree's assault, and Serjan immediately bemoans that Legree will do anything to hurt him, completely disregarding his own wife's feelings of violation, and it's this erasure that I wish had been given more of the spotlight. Matt Damon gives a compelling performance, though the three-tiered structure of the film means that he's basically playing a different version of his character in every act. He's the least consistent across all three tales, which I think is impressive from an acting standpoint, but makes Sir Jean uh, more of a cipher and a little bit more difficult to crack as a character. Adam Driver is consistently excellent and I wish that the Oscars could take all of an actor's performances into account for any given year because I think that this performance, in conjunction with what he did in Annette, which was a crazy-ass movie that I really loved, and then what we might see in another Ridley Scott film that we have yet to see this year, House of Gucci... They should, by all rights, put him in lead contention, uh, not just for an Academy Award nomination, but in my opinion, uh, for an Academy Award. However, these movies are all going to be considered separately, so who knows if he's going to get recognized for any of those movies. I don't know what Ben Affleck is doing in this movie, but I like it. Uh, His Lord Pierre is part Bruce Wayne, part Joffrey, and part The Dude. Uh, but I was there for every second of his screen time, and Ben Affleck is not usually an actor that you imagine taking a big swing like this. And you know, this may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I think that he balances out the earnestness of Matt Damon in a way that makes Sir John's frustration at being consistently overlooked and devalued uh, relatable, because this guy is in a position of power, but he's a, he's an utter clown. Uh, but at the same time wields that authority very uh, viciously and very ruthlessly. Uh, There is a point at which uh, Ben Affleck utters a a four-letter word that is, uh, let's just say, perhaps more used in the United Kingdom than it is here uh, in the United States. Uh, And he makes a complete sentence out of it. There's like a a beginning, there's like a noun, a verb, and an adjective. I really liked him in this movie, even though half the time I was going, what the hell is this? Uh, It was a WTF performance in in a good way for me. I think the pieces of The Last Duel seem like they'd make for one of the year's best movie, but they make for a jumbled hole. But this is a Ridley Scott movie, so it nearly demands to be seen on the big screen. The climactic duel itself is a gladiator-esque piece of action filmmaking, and Darius Wolski's lush cinematography, along with Arthur Max's production design, should be seen on the big screen larger than life. Because of these factors, I'm going to recommend The Last Duel, but it's with much more reticence than I'd thought going in. Given the pedigree of Matt Damon Ben Affleck and Nicole Holofcener, I did not anticipate that the screenplay would be the weak link here, but The Last Duel does deliver in several other areas, and its many appealing factors compensate for this central weakness. I think coming out of this movie, Jodie Comer is the one to watch. If we're on awards watch, etc. she really, really owns her role in this movie and is uh, in many ways the heart of the film. So she impressed me, uh, and really all of the acting, I think, was done very well. Uh, just enough for a recommendation, but I really do think there was a way to take on this story with a little more subtlety uh, and with a way to, to get the same end result uh, that could perhaps have made the movie more compelling. So those are my thoughts on The Last Duel. Thank you for joining me here on the Dan Merle Podcast channel. As I mentioned, we are going to have some audio exclusive reviews, so you're not just going to get the programming that we have over on YouTube. If you are an audio listener and you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, you can see it on youtube.com slash Dan Merle Movies and stay tuned for the rest of the week. There is a Halloween Kills spoiler review that you should also have on your feed right now. Tomorrow, Charts with Dan will be out talking about the box office for the past weekend and later this week, Dune, my review of one of the most hotly anticipated films of both 2020 and 2021. I'm very excited to dive into that. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully it ends up in your hands.